healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Film Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses Deep Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are glad you're down here with us, choosing to spend a little more time here as ramble on and on and on and on about music and the music we love. But that's exactly what we're doing today. Um, we've been fans of this artist for years. This is actually, I think, I know it's my lady's favorite artist, but this is... Uh, one of our favorite artists, and the reason is because uh, he, along with his, his partner Gillian Welch, are are uh, he's one of the best. They are two of the best. Talking about uh, Dave Rollins, they put out about eight records uh, together, uh, but some of them have been under Gillian Welch. The others, though, uh, were under David Rollins' machine or Dave Rollins' machine, and uh, and he put out two of those, and now he's back with a album uh, called Poor David's Almanac. And it's just under David Rollins. He's growing up a little. Uh, these guys are the real deal. They're in Nashville. They have. They got tired of, of uh, how records sounded shitty, which they do, and uh, sometimes, sometimes if it's not made well, and uh, so they just bought their own lathe, and so they make their own records. And I can tell you, I ordered uh, this on vinyl. I have it upstairs. I've been listening to it, and it sounds fantastic. Um, so, uh, invited my friends Eduardo and Andre over, you know those guys, and, uh, sat down and talked about, uh, this new album from them. Also, uh, gonna play a track on here from a band called Penny and Sparrow. They're also out of Nashville, uh, one of Ann Power's favorite bands, you know her, from NPR and all that. Uh, this is like, if you, if you are, if you are requiring feels on this Monday morning and, uh, and uh, it feels in harmonies. Then I think this is going to be your thing. Uh, so we got a we got a track from them called Double Heart, and then we're going to let you go about your day. So does that sound good? Everything everything cool, comfortable. You uh, if you're down here, you could be in the big chair. It's super comfortable. You'd have to fight one of my cats for it though. Uh, but if you're ready, let's get on down to the basement. Join in a conversation already in progress. Talking about David Rollins' new album, Poor David's Almanac. Medulla, wasn't it called Medulla? Did, did, didn't she make every album like that? I, I think so. <laughs> Everyone but Glinglo sounds like isn't that. Isn't there an too? album that's like all like the stages of killing as a pig? Into, as we roll into this, gentleman, yeah. I'm going to go on record and say that I am not a Bjork music fan. I'm a fan of Bjork the person, okay, not a Bjork music fan. Bjork music fan, yes, okay. So every song, every album sounds like farts to me. Is that okay? <laughs> are we are we good? But does it sound like the Roger yeah, yeah, Waters yeah. farts? Yeah, yeah. Or- it doesn't matter. Yeah, how do her farts compare to Roger Waters? It farts? doesn't matter. Okay, we're not going to go that. Okay, this, we're not going to compare farts. This is not that episode. <laughs> Okay. That episode is after we get into the whiskey uh, and, we, and we get going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. The fact back. that there are multiple albums that contain farts sounds is uh, 
Yeah, is is just I didn't say it sound. contained fart sounds. <laughs> I said it sounded like a fart. Okay. Uh, Sorry. And this has been it. gas talk. Yeah. Chunky gases. Oh, the monetization mm-hmm. so close. If we can only land chunky well, asses. With the standard. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Um, no, welcome back, gentlemen. Uh, people you heard there laughing and talking about farts, Mr. Eduardo Nunes. Am I saying your name right? After there, is, 100- uh, I, it, there isn't a right way to say it in English. It's just, I, it's just, it could be Nunes, it could be Nunes, it could be, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you, how do you want to pronounce it from now on? I don't like, uh, you know, I, I, I was, uh, a bunch of friends of mine were once having this argument and they were saying, and someone was saying, well, you're saying his name wrong. No, you're saying his name wrong. And they went yeah. back and forth and I was like, guys, you're both saying my yeah. name wrong. Because oh, okay. so you you're saying care. it in so English. Just, so we were going to talk about an album, but now we're going to talk about Eduardo. Yeah, some deep, yeah. deep dive. Identity <laughs> Deep dive. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so we should just matter? put the... Put the typing out there and let people submit their own. Yeah. The, so the the wrong way to say it is Nunez, right? Because yes. we don't do Enya's over the N okay. in Portuguese. Yes. And it ends with an S, not a Z. That's the tell of Portuguese versus uh, Spanish uh, last names. Um, but beyond that, whether someone's like, I even say it different, like my work voicemail is one way and then I introduce myself a different way, I think. And people have said, like, you say it both ways. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. It's a fucking mystery to me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of the movie Raising Cane? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. All right. The dark half. Yeah. I think I think we're getting somewhere here. Uh, <laughs> that's Eduardo. Uh, Andre, welcome back. Yeah, How's that's that big chair treating you again? Oh, so, it's so yeah, nice. It's big. It's yeah. Nice. You have no cats in there. We need to. I don't know why they're not down here tonight, but but yeah, we could slide a here. family of cats into this area over <laughs> yeah. here. Yep, that's all we do in the basement. Uh, we are down here today to talk about a band that most of you will know. If not, you should know. Uh, Dave Rawlings, it, he, I'll, I'll just put this out here. He is maybe one of the best musicians, living musicians, uh, maybe one of the best musicians in history. Uh, you know, when I when I saw that, the first time I saw them um, was on the Howl Among the Yearlings tour. Yeah. and And I thought, well, that 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 Rawlings guy has a unique tone. He, yeah, you know, he's yeah. like he's really he's just got like kind of a, a really smooth style. It's it's it pulls in all these things like Tony Rice and that kind of like Garcia, Clarence White esque uh, timbre. I did not have, but but you know, I also thought this guy is not someone that you would set loose on a conventional bluegrass track because no. the way the way Gillian Welch writes her songs, I right. didn't I didn't think he would write any songs. I was like, they're they're unconventional. It. it, it his guitar yeah, style that, yeah. won't work. And holy shit, was I wrong about that? Like, the yeah. dude can play fucking anything, man. He, 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 yeah. he, is, he, yeah. is, he is by far, outside of Jerry Garcia, my, my biggest, like, aspiration to be a guitarist. Sure. Yeah. Like, he is... I, I have seen him do... It sounds so simple, and it's, but it ends up being amazing. Mm-hmm. But like you said, his work with his partner, like Gillian Welch, and the band that they have, it, it's, it's, it's different iterations. So Gillian Welch... You know, yeah, right now yeah. we're talking about Dave Rawlings, poor Dave, David's almanac. Uh, a few albums before this, it was uh, Dave Rawlings' Machine. Uh, but but yeah. whatever the name it's is, pretty much it, the same. Name, band. No, it, it's not even pretty much. It <laughs> yeah. is whatever the the core is always him and Gillian Welch. Yeah, yeah. This project has been going on since uh, early two thousand. Yeah, I think. well, 
I mean, I think most people will know the most famous thing they did was the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. That, they were part, well, of, well, that's they were where they, part of that whole project. They, they also got in on uh, Heartbreaker least, with Ryan Adams. So they, yep, they, okay. they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, went right. to Berkeley and yeah, they, yeah. they met there and got out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's a, it's, he's produced a remarkable body of work celebrating the American tradition yeah, and expanding yeah. on it. And, and again, I will talk more about it. I cannot stress enough. How much of a badass this motherfucker is on guitar? Mm-hmm. This is disturbing. Like you see, no, just nobody can do this today. Nobody, uh, and nobody even tries. And I and I don't know what yeah. gets people there. And maybe we'll get into that. But uh, yeah. at any rate, uh, his work with Jillian Welch, all that uh, won what, Grammys, I think. And oh yeah, yeah, and like it, it, it's perfect. Uh, in 2009, he came out with a friend of a friend on Dave Rowling's machine. It's perfect. Nashville obsolete. Pretty much perfect. He's back with uh, Poor David's Almanac. Uh, and uh, this is the first time he's dropped the machine. This is sort of a new iteration for them. Yeah. It includes members of the uh, Punch Brothers on this. Yep. Paul Cowart. Uh, and, uh, and I think he's a friend of uh, our friend Sean Barnes. Oh. Uh, uh, but it, 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 is a, it is a true... Um, organic musical community that, that is producing these albums, and uh, so anytime anything like this comes out, it's a cause for celebration. I want to want to play the first track off this one though, and and then we'll get into uh, into more about this album and more about this band. This is Midnight Train off of Poor David's Almanac. Uh, here we go. The midnight train and the four-day train run all night long. Midnight train and the four-day train run all night long. They run till the break of day. Great big wheels turn all night long. The little wheels and the great big wheels turn all night long. They turn until the break of day. Midnight Train off of Poor uh, David's Almanac, Dave Rawlings, and uh, and not his machine, just the Dave Rawlings band, a, a machine by any other name. Uh, as you can tell, that, that's that's pulling in uh, traditional bluegrass, 
yeah. recontextualize it in a little as folk music. It's it's combining everything that these people are steeped in, and I mean steeped. I mean, have you ever seen Dave yeah, Rawlings geez. not wearing a jean jacket or jean <laughs> no, anything? No, um, right, and a cowboy and, and, hat. And so this yeah. is this is this is uh, to my mind, without actually knowing Dave Rawlings, uh, th- this is the music he's created, the art he's created with Gillian Welch. It's some of the purest American art I think that we have. Uh, celebrating this, <sighs> celebrating a very specific type of American art. Yeah, they and that doesn't mean like it's the best yeah. American art. They've been uh, celebrating this for twenty yeah. years now. This this very specific yeah, this period is, of music. They're not they're they're not expanding yeah. on it. They're not no. doing anything. And and that is uh, maybe I, one of, one of the things. I don't I don't know if I think they're not expanding on it. I don't. I don't think okay. they're always expanding on it. I think. I think. Uh, but I think Nashville Obsolete broke some new ground with those six or seven minute long songs. Okay. I forget who's on mandolin on that album, but um, but it's deployed really well in the way the strings are used on Nashville Obsolete. I think. I think they've done a few things that are backward looking, but kind of uh, contemporary and 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 relevant. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the great thing about uh, about the fact that these two are kind of at the helm of this movement is that if you think back to like, if you were into, uh, I mean, bluegrass, traditional bluegrass was sort of not really much of a thing in the eighties and nineties. It was, it was very backwards looking. It was sort Absolutely. of the same problem that jazz sure, has had. Sure. And then you had, and well, then I mean, you, you also had, it was, it was in, um, it was being countrified. So well, it was like Ricky yeah. Skaggs or, or you had the new grass revival guys. So you yes. had Sam Bush, yeah, Bela yeah. Fleck, Courtney Johnson, Pat Flynn, Brian Sutton, John Cowan, all these guys, but you had to choose between awesome playing and good songwriting. Right. The guys sure, who sure. were awesome players were horrible songwriters. And basically, unless they were playing a really well chosen cover, yeah. you were there to see them solo. Are you talking about okay. Vince Gill? I, I'm I'm not I'm not directly <laughs> referencing anyone. I'm just saying that there there yeah. there is an entire generation of people who were technically proficient. Sure. Um with the possible exception of like an Alison Krauss who who could sort of do both. Uh but you had to choose between good songs or good playing. And and okay. with and with Welch and Rawlings, you, you kinda get the whole package. You get you get yeah. good songs and you get really good playing. So you Sure, sure. You know, it's 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 a rare thing to get to scratch both of those. Um but but I do think that um n- maybe not so much on this album, um, because I think this is this is a really uh cozy um recording. Um, but I do think that they've done things, you know, I think, I think they've done things on time, the revelator and, um, where they've, where they've tried to, 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 to find new ways, um, uh, to, to, uh, incorporate their, their particular vision of weird old America into the 21st century. And I think, sure, sure. And, yeah. and, 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 and yeah, I mean, I, I like the heroin I, harvest is, is a I, good yeah, I, I, like I can that. walk back like my statement and like, you agree with that. I think. You know, it. Uh, there's certainly because nobody is doing this. I mean, it's there's a there's a level there, of a, yeah. the perfection of the attention to detail yeah. to the old traditions is is undeniable. And but but you would you would never hear songs like this in the old traditions. Like that's you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, but that, that that gets us to this album is like that. You know, maybe they've pushed the envelope a little. Uh, on the previous stuff. And this is just sort of here. Um, it, it is, uh, I, and this isn't a slight, 
because it's still great. Uh, this is the least exciting Dave Rawlings album, I think. Um, yeah, well, that was sort of my takeaway from it. And I've always had this sort of love-hate relationship with, you know, a variety of things. One, I can never keep track of all the bands. And I think they're all different bands. And then I slowly realize they're all the like, same oh. band. And it's like, why? You know, it's, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's one thing that I'm always sort of like is what's going on. And then, and then I start to realize like how many David Rawlings albums do I actually need in my catalog? And I'm not, you know, when I listen to this again, like I, it's like how many blues albums do you need in your catalog? How many, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of, like modern blues albums do you need in your catalog? Um, and, and certainly not all of the fat possum. Catalog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and like not to, not to say that, you yeah. know, um, they're not doing interesting things with yeah. traditional music, but it starts to get to a point where you're like, okay, you're doing another revivalist roots folky album. Okay. You've done 29 of these or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I only right. need two maybe right. and i'm not taking well, that and, and that gets into the nature of exploration versus yeah, comfort exactly and and, 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 it, and, I, and and i think i mean here, here's my take on on anything they do is that all of it is like great comfort food and i actually need it all for sure i i do need yeah it if all. you if this is your thing like you like this type of music you are gonna you know this is right in the wheelhouse it's not moving anywhere right that he hasn't gone really before that i haven't heard him go before or any other you know he has amazing guitar work if you're looking for his amazing guitar licks and you're interested to explore that but that was sort of the you know this is just my knee-jerk reaction it's like um do i want this one or do i want a jillian welch album that he's playing on because i actually kind of prefer her singing but i like his guitar playing better you know yeah or or maybe well, it would be actually you know what i really want i want an album where they both sing equally she sings some of the songs and he sings some of them cuz now i've realized they're the same band yeah they're not different bands that's the thing that i don't understand like why wouldn't you sort of like tap into the best of what you have and then make a great album like together because, instead of you know instead of saying well I've got these songs and I, I we'll know, make a whole album. I, anyway. I know what I want to say something, but, yeah. to, but to that point, like I, I think because like there is the long game. Okay, and maybe maybe we're looking at the short game. But sure, Eduardo, sure. Where, where you? Well, I I think I think there's um so I think you're right uh, in this uh, from the standpoint that you know are you hearing them do something here that you haven't heard before? Prob- probably not. Yeah. Um. I you know I I I mentioned Nashville obsolete a while um a few minutes ago. I think I think that there are some really impressive songs on there, and then there's also the song "Candy," which is uh-huh. like a two minute kind of nothing. But like it's, okay. it's a callback it's, to a Julian okay. Welch record. It is, and so therefore, and, it okay, works. and so it fits into their mythology. But 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 it's it's kind of a song that feels a little bit out of place in the context of that of that record. I think I think what they're doing here is is conceptually um, really appealing to me it's 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 there's sort of like a weird kind of like sing-along campfire if this is on at a cabin uh, yeah this is a cabin album yeah 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 <laughs> just put big it time. on <laughs> big time but then but then yeah. but then there's also a moment in um the song Lindsay button 
where they're you know they're 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 working within a very well defined verse structure. And yeah, it's yeah. Very traditional. It's a, tro- it's a children's then, song almost. And then and then there's yeah. something toward the end about how Lindsay Button's gone and no one re- and she's still gone, but the song remembers. Yeah, yeah. And it's the song, and that's the song that they're singing. And that to me was one of these. Yeah. It's 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 a simple lyrical trick, but that was to me like a wall, like the wall being knocked down, and just like, oh my god, they just went meta in the middle of like right. a yeah, very yeah, right. structured song, and they right. said the purpose of the song about Lindsay Button is to remember Lindsay Button. Yeah, and you have to get through like yeah you know five or six verses that don't tell you much to get to yeah, this point sure. of like hey sure. this person lived and now she's gone but the song remembers well i mean i mean well, that's, that's, we, that's we, what we talked about in, yeah. started off this week talking about like his called messenger i don't like it, it gets down to like the writing and stuff and and mm-hmm. i and yeah. i think uh more and more lately writing is very different than writing a song and they're two very yeah. distinct talents, and the people that we revere as can having being able to do that correctly can merge the two. Um, on that's an example of writing, but it, but yeah, it, yeah. but they pulled from a thing that was already there. That they have the technical skill. There's nothing going into that side of it. Yeah, like, right. and, and they're just yeah. like, right. and and so maybe that line was that was the whole point of yeah, like, no, going, no, it is. Yeah, it is. that's, of, that's of, the payoff. And every time I hear it, line. I like I get little chills, um, but. And speaking of like pulling from uh, other influences and stuff, we uh, I'm not going to tell you who, we're going to talk about this on the other side of this, but you know these guys have always uh, had a soft spot for uh, one of our Canadian neighbors, and uh, and I've heard him play a lot of great songs yeah. uh, by him in in, in concert, uh, and and now they finally sort of put it on record, and uh, so this is coming in Gap, and we'll be back in a few. Gap uh, from Dave Rollins and uh, Poor David's on Neck. You know, Uncalled. 
He wants his money because he ripped <laughs> off Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, there's no way around that, guys. There yeah. is absolutely no way around that. But the bass but it doesn't player matter, even but... wants to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but but look, you know what? Ohio is a yeah. motherfucker of a song. Yeah, if you're is. gonna emulate it, I mean, they're if you're gonna pick a song to emulate, we it's not we a bad talk one. about. It. I mean, the, the, I mean, look, it, we talked about Chance the Rapper and like that case coming up. Like if that lands, then like yeah. this is this is blurred lines type. Somebody's gonna get on them, mm-hmm. and they are assholes for doing that because the folk tradition is as such. Yeah, it is that the language people use isn't just words. The language is uh, is phrases, musical phrases. The language is use of musical interests, instruments. All of that builds into it, and and yes, there should yeah. be some copyright protections of it. I think in Ohio, yeah, Neil Young, like he, and and honestly, let's be clear, most of Neil Young's catalog, he tapped into the absolute motherload, the pure vein, yeah, of of this type of musical expression, and maybe there needs to be some lenience as we okay. as we yeah. go forward in history, because like you can't just be like, oh, so he was the one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, because 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 then you're stuck with the guy like, oh, he was the one, and now I have to listen to this fucking electric car album. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> or a vocoder album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 folk folk is inherently, uh, despite everything that that folk listeners want out of the genre, which is authenticity, it's an inherently inauthentic gesture. Like, yeah, uh, just, yeah, yeah. Just, just as a as a genre, um. Uh, you know, this some of the most authentic Americana in the shape of Gillian Welch and David Rawlings comes via Los Angeles and Providence, Rhode Island, right? Yeah, is where, is where they're from. Yeah, Bob, Bob Dylan is from Minnesota, has no business thinking about uh, being poor and southern. Um, Richie Haven's covering the night they drove old Dixie down is as good as it gets, even though it makes yeah, no right. sense to have Richie Haven singing that song. You've, I, it's just. I, I'm I'm a Brazilian who loves the banjo. Like like yeah. none of it makes any sense. Sure, and, sure. And it's all borrowed, and that's the, yeah. and that's the point of it. Um, but sometimes you borrow a little too. You borrow a little. <laughs> sometimes borrow the borrowing well, gets a little overdone. Well, that's an, yeah. that's an interesting point that you bring up. That I wonder if yeah, when it, where is the point at which yeah you start to borrow a little too it much? Was, it was it was yeah. music played by poor white Southerners that sure. was beloved and embraced by rich white northerners yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right i mean that's the like, yeah, the entire exactly. Was, yeah, yeah exactly welcome and, to america um, in 2017 exactly yeah, I mean, right. yeah and i don't know i'm i guess i'm always sort of interested in how there are certain musical styles that you know over time sort of stagnate um i think blues is one of those i think jazz is like starting to get a little bit of a resurgence like uh, i think it's something is starting to happen you, you, there you think it stagnates in permanently or it goes no, in cycles i don't know you know I'm, I'm interested to sort of watch it play out like i think in you know traditional music like this um i i'm not sure what the variables are in in place that cause it to sort of do that but it's or or what things sort of perpetuate that but sometimes I wonder if sort of this like holding on to like remember it when when it was great, like are things that it's you know sort of help it to sort of stagnate over time. Yeah, and um, and this sort of call back to Neil Young nineteen you know seventies, and not to say that it doesn't happen in all types of music that we're not constantly referring back to ourselves and what we're doing, 
Um, well, you can. But zoom. I always wonder you, if yeah. it's a detriment to the musical style overall in terms of a, a wider uh, and to an audience to say, okay, well. Well, I it's, mean, you can zoom that out to like the music industry as a whole. Like, sure, people sure. Are like, why am I? Why am I not making it? And it's like, well, sure, if, sure. if you're playing Ohio and not them, but if if you're yeah. playing Ohio over and over, or if you're just like, we really love Neil Young, but we don't want to be in a Neil Young tribute band. Yeah, that's why you're not making it because there's no yeah, place for that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so so, but yeah, that's an interesting question as to what. Where the like, point of stagnation is, where the point of saturation is. Yeah, yeah, there, there's a saturation my, point almost, you know. My instinct is for the, I mean, because you have to look at, like, us down here. We're super new yeah. music nerds, right? Most people are very casual consumers. So my instinct is that that limit does not exist. Okay, okay. I, th- I think if you... T- engage with music at all as a casual consumer and you're like blues is your thing yeah it doesn't matter yeah it's fucking what a, if somebody puts out a blues album That's... i mean that that explains as uh, yeah i mean that explains the rise of kenny wayne shepherd sure but, <laughs> but but i do and it, look man yeah. bro you are a better guitar player <laughs> yeah. than i will ever be sure sure right? but in, in a sense like i'm 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 sort of putting myself in the shoes of like a person who say is not into this type of music, but yeah. I would be interested yeah. in in the way that I know this room currently is that we think that this is interesting music that people should listen to. Yeah, I put myself in the same shoes as a person who's like, I only need to own one Stevie Ray yeah. Al- Vaughn album. Yeah, like, no, I don't need no, any right, more no. than that. Like, right. there's no reason for me to own any more than that. Like, so I'm sort of trying to build an argument for myself because I do think what they're doing is very interesting and so as, fascinating but but for me like if you have 20 albums of this what is sort of my argument that i can build to someone to say right. that you need to listen right. to more than one album of this um you know to well, sort of as, understand what's as, happening as analogs, as Steve yeah. Vaughn is a very good uh point to bring up because yeah uh, that introduced like a generation of white kids to the blues. Oh, totally. And totally. regardless, re- never it doesn't matter that he had the respect of the old school blues community. Yeah. More so, his brother Jimmy Vaughn. Yeah. But but, but it de- it definitely introduced right. and and influenced a a generation of guitarists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and yeah. And did this thing, but you know it. At the end of the day, like it makes people like I guess happy, and I and yeah. I and, and I I struggle with where to put that music, and I sure. and I don't think like to your point about this, I don't know if Dave Rawlings the uh, we'll put the uh, Dave Gillian Welch Rawlings experience yeah. like the whole yeah. the whole group falls into that I- yet. That's what I was wondering. Like, does it fall into the same sort of world as a Stevie Ray Vaughan in the sense of how what he stand, like mm. represents in the blues community as sort of an entry point into that world for it, sort of an easy entry point into that world? To, to, to me, it, it doesn't. And I think, I think the difference is that with some of, so with the blues. Yeah. Um, and with jazz to some degree, what yeah. you have is, I think, a gap between the social conditions that, uh, and from which the music originated, 
and the yeah. professionalization of that. Right? Okay, like, yeah. like, never forget that Miles right. Davis dropped out of Juilliard. Yeah. yeah. Right? He did like one or two semesters and was like, fuck this. I'm going to learn more by playing <laughs> yeah, every yeah, night. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Right? Exactly. And, and basically, every recording jazz musician today not only went to Juilliard or Berkeley, um, but has basically been like uh, like a professional athlete, right? They've, sure. been, they've been doing nothing but like learning music theory since they yeah, were 11, yeah. right? Yeah. And they know the fuck out of it, but it's been professionalized in a way that's different from from what yeah. made, um, you know, Mississippi John Hurt or the Reverend Gary Davis, great blues musician, yeah, yeah. which is that there was a whole, they had whole other lives that were apart from the music and you just heard their lives in the music. Yeah. Right. But their lives weren't the music. Yeah. Um, where, where they're coming from to me is, is a, is a respectful place. Um, I, I, for sure. Right. I mean, and and it's, and it's, and it's done with this, it's scholarly, but they're not trying to, um, there isn't this sense to me of them kind of uh, strutting around the stage and kind of trying to like just you know squeeze yeah. riffs out of their out of their instruments for this yeah. you know for like adoring crowds or something. Sure. It's, and that's and that's maybe a, a a bad way to phrase that, but it, it it just doesn't seem like you know you 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 think about the origins of rock and roll and you think about the Foo Fighters today. Yeah. Right, and you think yeah. about Dave Grohl strolling on his fucking eighty-foot platform stage up and down, and sure, playing sure. one chord, and eighty thousand people going nuts, like yeah, and that's a pretty far jump from one to the other. Sure, sure. Where where I, they are, I feel today. like PJ just unsubscribed. <laughs> Thanks, Eduardo. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. there's nothing. I, I'm sure Dave Grohl's a nice guy. I don't mm-hmm. have any beef with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, whereas when you go to see um um these two play. It's it still feels there is this way in which it kind of takes you back a little bit. It still feels like yeah. you're, you're seeing uh, you feel like you can see the continuum sure. from from the music they sure, loved sure. and that inspired them to to what they're doing today. I don't I, I, I think to your point, Andre, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like relevant or, or necessary or yeah. essential to most music listeners. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, you know. And it's not a criticism or what it is. I'm just uh, in today's day and age, you are sometimes trying to understand like the place and the function of this in, in the place of all music and, and what, and, and sort of what it's, and I, not to sort of, I guess I am, I'm like what the function of this is, um, well, within I, that I think, I sort of wide our, that's, band that's of that's sort of our mission yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah that's like what, we, what is the function of this in 2017 to put out an album that sounds like this? I guess in the same way that the Hiss Golden Messenger, which we talked about, you know, before, um, what is the function and place of that? And of course, there's revivals and reinterest in in these types right. of things for new generations, which is great. Um, but um, my thing is watching these these folks do this over the last twenty years to watch them yeah. do and build this well, catalog of music that calls back to this mm-hmm. that was the only reason i thought of stevie ray vaughn for some weird reason no, when i was thinking him because when i was i was like he you know just built this catalog of music mm-hmm. built on this one idea and just really worked that that yeah. body of music in in the same way over and over and of course his career was much shorter yeah. um, than these folks but um um, not to say that they need to progress and all of a sudden have synthesizers and have all sorts of crazy things in, in their mu- in their music. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Well, that, I'm, that... I'm just sort of trying to process this over the course of listening to multiple albums by these folks to understand, um, you know, what what direction they're going in, that, and, that's, and, that's and why up. we need, why we need more of this you know, sort of thing. I think there's some great songs on here. Um, but so, it's kind of like when I listen to and I sometimes random like like a ragtime song comes up from like 1915 or 20. James P. Johnson. Some, yeah, yeah. And you hear it those keys. now yeah. and you're just you, um, it, I understand its place in the in musical history and the function that it played mm-hmm. in us progressing as music. And I sometimes wonder if people will look back on this 100 years from now and be like and sort of chuckle. Well, that sets bit. up my final, yeah, I, think, yeah. my, I think my final thought on this really well, um, which is, and it's why I'm a, a, a try on this, although I'm a buy on most of their uh, catalog, which is that, um, you know, I think, I think really um, it would behoove people who like uh, the way that Welch and Rawlings sound to, to go back and listen to, and I, I know I've mentioned Folkways here a yeah. bunch of times, um, listen to Gene Ritchie and Doc Watson at Folk City in like the early okay. 60s. Listen to... Listen to some actual field recordings like Mountain Music of Kentucky or Roscoe Roscoe fucking Holcomb. They very clearly listened to Yeah, they did. They did. They they clearly clearly did. Listen again, listen to Roscoe Holcomb, who is a man whose pitch is like nails on a chalkboard. His banjo tunings (laughs) are impossible possible to reproduce. He's got like three E strings, a G, and a D. It's in fucking sane. Right. And if you can listen to Roscoe Holcomb and appreciate and like that is the original high lonesome sound. And it is it's a challenging listen for just about okay. But 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 you know, uh use this as your pathway into that because I'm sure that's what Welch and Rawlings want you to do anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. And if that's the function of this music, yeah, yeah. to sort of lead people to that, then uh, you know I appreciate that and I yeah, respect that. Yeah, let's some dulcimer music again. Gene, Gene, yeah. Gene Ritchie, great. Yeah, yeah. like uh, helping yeah. people transition into that and remind themselves to sort of yep. venture into that world. Uh, you know, before you know, it's just sort of lost to the ether. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm definitely a try as well. Are you try it? on that on that you front. Try and, and, um. I, you know, despite it, the vinyl residing upstairs. Uh, I mean, I bought it. Mm-hmm. I, I did buy it. Um. Uh. Yeah. This. This is. This is definitely a try it record. Uh. We've had some ideas about working on our rating system, like stars, buy it, try it, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, and, and like as long as there's no decimal yeah. points, I'm. As long as there's no decimal points, but I mean, eight point six. What I mean, the fuck it, is that? It, it, it is a weird thing because when I say try it, I mean like this is this is a genuine like you need to get out. It, like if you yeah. if if you're listening to this and you're like, who the fuck is Dave Rawlings and Jillian Welch? Or, you have an awesome like, adventure in front of you. Yeah, like you if have this an awesome is your first. Yeah, yeah you. this is your first adventure. But, but, into but this. we're talking about it from the perspective of we've spent like years with these people. Yeah, 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 exactly. And right. and right. Uh, yeah, and so this is this is a triad record. But I, as with every record that comes out with them, I cannot wait to see what they do next. Yep, I don't yeah. care what they do next because no matter what, it will end up in my record collection upstairs. And uh, and uh, much like his called Messenger, it's like great just Saturday night. Oh, it's great! Chilling yeah. with oh, yes. the great. porch music. And yeah, it's like, porch music. It's perfect. If so, you are at a cabin or camping, oh, oh, yeah. you have your soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put them up silently. They won't come down. 
Poor David's Almanac is available everywhere you can buy records. I ordered mine straight from the source. Aikany Records is their record label, and uh, it came pretty swiftly and came in a nice package with a nice sticker and whatnot. Uh, so get out there and get it, man. Treat yourself. It's good. If not, it's on all the streaming services. You can listen to it. You can check it out. Do what you will with it. Uh, and they, they are actually mounting a tour. Um, if you're here in Washington, D.C. listening, they're going to be at the Lincoln Theater, I believe, later on this year, maybe December. Um, I think we're going to the uh, to see them at the Ryman in Nashville, hometown show. So uh, do what you got to do, people. Uh, before we get out of here, I said I wanted to play a little track from Banco Penny and Sparrow. Now, this is a duo, uh, Andy Baxter and Kyle Jank. And uh, they are uh, in the tradition, honestly, this is why we're playing this on this, in the tradition, I think, of what... David Rollins and Gillian Wells and that whole crew have been doing, and uh, this is this is uh, a little more modern take on it, you know. Whereas Dave Rollins is more traditionalist, this moves it up into a little into the pop sphere, and that's okay because it's going on in Nashville right now, uh, and it's uh, it's like getting super well received. People love these guys. It's crazy. Apparently, they put on a hell of a show, and uh, they have a new album out called Wendigo. Uh, excuse me, Wendigo. Uh, that they are touring behind, and so now we've got a track for you from that. The name of the track is Double Heart, and this is Penny and Sparrow. So uh, get ready to have some feels, kids. On the shore I know is not the best place to start. Oh, no.
Double Heart from Penny and Sparrow off of their new album, Wendigo. They are out on tour, I believe, now. This album is available everywhere you can buy records. So, uh, you know, get in your ears if you dug it. I, I dig it. I'm I'm talking to you right now from uh, Sunday morning uh, before we watch the shows and get angry at people talking about Trump uh, and his bullshit. But, uh, but it, you know, I listen to it sort of as you guys do, and that's very soothing, man. That's nice. That's kind of just what I needed. So, so good on those guys. And uh, maybe if they're coming through town, they'll come down here and uh, have a chat with us. Hopefully in harmony. That'd <laughs> be a wild interview. The interview in harmony. That's our podcast for this Monday. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a rating or a message there. We are on Stitcher, Mixcloud, and Google Play. Still waiting on the Spotify confirmation. But uh, Spotify guys, if you're listening, come on. Get on with that. Our uh, podcast host is, as always, Pippa. Uh, they're at pippa.pippa.io. Uh, this is a startup company uh, looking sort of to change how podcasts are delivered to you and uh, and actually like monetize some stuff. We aren't doing ads off them, but if you if you do ads on them, they make it very very simple to do. Uh, go to the site, read it, and the best thing is for right now at least you can host your podcast for free. So if you've always wanted to do this. They are going to make it happen for you. And they're super fun and super cool to deal with. Uh, great guys over there. Uh, our site, www.chunkyglasses.com, is hosted by Squarespace. They are awesome. They have been awesome low these seven years. Uh, and if you go over there, you're going to see these podcasts up, and you're going to see the posts on this, but you're also going to see the fantastic work of Matt Conan and Mauricio Castro out there every single night shooting live shows for you. The, their work continues to get better and better. Matt took a photo from the Hopscotch Festival recently of Run the Jewels that I, I consider, and I'm biased. Look, this is my site. I do, you know, I built this and whatever, but I consider that the best photo of Run the Jewels maybe that's ever been taken. So take that for what it's worth. Um, they're out there doing stuff. Uh, I think it's at the Mauricio and uh, at Arcane93. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, we have all the contact information out there. Uh, speaking of Twitter, we are there at, at Chunky Glasses and also on Instagram at Chunky Glasses. We're up on the Facebooks too, uh, at Chunky Glasses. And uh, last but not least, certainly not least, least two things. Uh, the interstitial music you hear made by Jamal Gray. He is now the guy in charge, or uh, one of the guys in charge of Uptown Art House here in Washington, D.C. So we'll put a link in the show notes to that. You go and, and you support this place and, and you check it out. It's it's wild. Uh, I'm still trying to make it out there, but uh, I, I know Jamal pretty well and he's doing great work. The music that you heard is off a project he did called Aquatic Gardener from last year. And that is uh, that is out there now on Bandcamp. And it's great. It's just three tracks of super chill uh, sort of hip-hop beat. Oh, man, it's so good. So good. So glad he let us use it. Um, and also, last, this is really last but not least, uh, we're on uh, Patreon now. So what that means is that if you like this and you're like, okay, a star, I gave him five stars, I wrote a real little rating, I followed him on Twitter and all that stuff, but I don't feel I've done enough, you can actually go there and support us with money, just cash money. How this works is uh, we have a little thing set up, a little uh, levels of giving and or whatnot. So like if you give us one dollar, we're like, yeah, you're cool. If you give us five dollars, like our friend Justin Beland, we say, hey, this episode's brought to you by Justin Beland, our one and only patron at this point, uh, and uh, and and cool stuff like that. 
and what the money goes for is not just uh, not just our beer money because that we do there's there's a good bit of beer going down down here, but it also you know this is a team of volunteers and has been for about the past seven years, and uh, I think in 2017 going into 2018 it's time to get get my team paid. So uh, that's what we're trying to do, and you can help out, be a part of that, and feel good about supporting the arts. You know, some of us. All of us work in different fields here, but a lot of us are like musicians as well. Uh, a lot of us are actual journalists. It's just uh, it's an amazing crew. Uh, to that end, if you are interested in joining the crew, uh, we have a little app that says join us on the site, or you can just email me, kevin at chunkyglasses.com, and say, hey, bro, I hang out and talk about music, and I'll be like, hey, are you an asshole? And hopefully you'll say no, and then, uh, and then we'll be on our way. How about that? Uh, that is it. That is our podcast for this Monday Come on back on Thursday when we get Mr. Casey Ray down here, not talking about copyright, but doing a hella tight Michael McDonald impression. So uh, tune in for that, and uh, we can't wait. Can't wait for you guys to hear that one. Uh, Until then, try to get out and see some live music and uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>